The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Hi guys, it's Lo. Welcome to a brand new episode of I Love Wellness. I have everybody's favorite New York housewife on the show today. <laughs> Heather Thompson, hi. Hi. Or I should say holla. Holla. <laughs> Can we give Heather claps? Well, thanks. I'm clapping too. Um, so Heather, you do it all. I was like, right before we started, I was like, Heather, what's your byline? Because, you know, we always have introduce everybody on the show and, you know, it's like, oh, I'm a founder of this, da, da, da. but like, you're an inventor, you're an entrepreneur, you're a real housewife, you're a health and wellness coach, you're everything. Well, I try to be, but it's, you know, as long as you don't think you have to be everything and you just take, I'm a mountain climber. Yes. I love being outdoors. Take it one day at a time, one, you know, event at a time or one subject at a time. And you can do a lot if you try not to do a lot at one time, you know, just stay focused at the task at hand. I love that. It seems like you have developed a really beautiful life for yourself that is like based on many interests. Thank you. I love that you said that because I wouldn't have agreed with that maybe 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. But now as you get older, the best thing about getting older is you get wiser. Mm-hmm. You know, the gravity, not so good, but <laughs> the fact that you really, you, you, you all of a sudden you turn around and you go, wow, I've really had a lot of life experience and I really know a lot now. And my favorite thing about the housewives is that now I have a platform to share some of those things that are in my head. Yeah, 100%. Do you ever feel uncomfortable that you're a New York housewife? Because I still feel uncomfortable that I was on reality TV. Like, I'm still getting over it. (laughs) I love that so much. You know, I don't. And the reason why is because I threw myself into the housewives, like, full-heartedly, full-hearted head. I I did the checklist of the pros and cons. And the cons, like, far outweighed the pros. But the, the severity of the cons didn't compare to the opportunity of Mm -hmm. the pros. And so I was like, okay, I'm going in. And if it stops being good or I'm not having fun with it or I don't feel like I can be myself um, or I'm being shown as who I am, then it will be time for me to go. So I never went into it with the goal of being famous or being, you know, a reality star. I went in for it as an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so when that opportunity started to not feel so good anymore, not feel like an opportunity anymore, but something that was maybe weighing me down, that's when I decided to leave. Yeah. So it kind of had a beginning, a middle and an end. Sure. Yeah. I also assume that you were at a point in your life where you fully knew who you were. You're like, okay, I'm a fully fledged adult woman. I can make this decision for myself and be confident in it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's very kind to say, I don't know if I totally knew that, but I will say that I knew it was time to go. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I knew... There was a beginning, there was a middle, and then there felt like an obvious end for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you could look at it. The one thing I guess I'm proud of is that, you know, it it was never about the money. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Really, as you get, as you go year over year over year as housewife, that's when the money gets good. And, you know, when the money started getting good, that's when I got going. And so, (laughs) you know, at least I wasn't, you know, a slave to the Benjamin. Yeah, I understand. Well, I absolutely agree. It definitely gives you um, a platform that is hard to 
match, you yes. know, or beat, and then you can do whatever you want with it. Yeah, I think I when I was on reality TV, I started when I was so young. Yes. I was a junior in high school when it first started, and then I guess I did it for like eight or nine years. It ended in 2010, so like almost well, 10 you years ago. But like for me, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed that I was on this reality Well, because you were 17. Show. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? Know. Like you grew so much. I mean, high school compared to, you know, when you're in your late 20s or early 30s, mm-hmm. I mean, I already had two children. Right. When I was on the show. So I can understand why you feel that. But don't be so hard on yourself, Yeah, Lo. no, I know. It's just like I went through college and all these like weird, interesting experiences where everybody was always just like, oh, you were that girl on that show. And I never knew if they were paying me a compliment or secretly right. making fun of me to my face. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I do. Like, I don't know. I watched that show and I was like, wow, we look like assholes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I watch the housewives so and I say, wow, we look like assholes. Yeah, but, that's, but so I just assume that that's what everybody thinks about me. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's no. like I have you know, this thing I've had to get over or try to get over. Get o- We're going to get over it today. Today, we're going <laughs> to move through this We're closing together. that door. Because that's the thing I Can think. Can you be my wellness coach? <laughs> yes, I would love to on this one. This is like an easy life coaching session because you've got it going on. You know, I think that regret is a, is a silly emotion. You mm. know what I mean? Because everything that we do is a lesson. It's only a mistake if you make it twice, right? The first sure. time it's a lesson. So you didn't go back and do it again. You did it. You used it beautifully. You know what I mean? And <laughs> Thanks. Grew, you grew from it. And now you can look back at it and say, hey, I'm not going to be better than the show I was on. I'm going to say that that was a piece of who I became because of that experience. That's really nice. Okay, so we wrap that in a bow for you, Lo. I'm, I'm healed. <laughs> I Yay. feel better. Good. I'm so glad. Um, so I would like to talk about you being a mountain hiker? Oh, yeah. A mountaineer? Yeah. Is there like a term for this? Yeah, I guess a mountaineer, mountaineer, hiker, trekker, mountain climber. How did you get into this? So I. Because you're a city girl. Like, I, I'm so a tell city me. Girl, but I'm a country girl, too. So, mm-hmm. country mouse, city mouse. So, I grew up just two hours um, outside of Manhattan, to the north of Manhattan, mm-hmm. in, in the Hudson Valley region. Uh, which where is there are mountains. Where there are mountains. So, I grew up as an outdoor girl. I was like, I worked at the Nature Center, you know, at Taconic <gasps> State Parks. You know, I really love the outdoors. Yeah. Um, I loved hiking. I loved being outside. It wasn't until I got older that I recognized that it was a crucial part of my life that I had lost. Mm. I would go skiing in the winter. I would run a little bit in the summer, you know, go for a nice nature walk. But I really wasn't using the outside like I used to. And I recognized that it was a deficit for me personally. And then what happened was through my charity, No Barriers, we use the mountains as metaphors. So a lot of veterans, you know, that come back from war with post-traumatic stress or injuries, loss of limbs, that sort of thing. Um, any Anybody who has a challenge that, you know, is, we always say everyone's one accident away from, you know, handicap, right? So mm-hmm. someone who maybe lost their vision, someone who maybe lost a limb in an accident, someone who's had a really stressful childhood or life and can't get over the hump, right? So mm-hmm. we bring them outside. We get them outside and we use the mountains where there's no showers, there's no beds, there's no excuses. And we really get down and dirty and get to the heart of the matter, so to speak. So in doing that with mostly my fe- my female veterans, mm-hmm. um, it really became so fulfilling for me. And so the first big climb that we did was I did a women's climb to Kilimanjaro. 
So, yeah, that was in 2014. Whoa. And um, we summited 19 women. Um, I challenged them to come. It was right after I graduated from um, the, Integrative Inter- the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. I actually did it for a women's empowerment climb, but I kind of used it as, you know, the mountaintop to scream about propaganda in, you know, nutrition Mm. and what we're being told and what really is the truth. And so it was kind of a multifunctional trip about um, food and how we're feeding ourselves and using, you know, our food as fuel and then also getting out on the mountains and challenging yourself and doing something outside of your comfort zone. So it was so incredibly rewarding that I've done one, you know, ever since. Like, I'm about to plan my next one to Ecuador. So Do you do one, like, every year? I do. I try to do it every year, but mm-hmm. they're big climbs. And, sure. you know, like, in Nepal, I was gone for almost a month. So, yeah. you know, some of them, we did a 22,000-foot ascent in Nepal. I was the only woman on the team. Holy shit. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, like, how long, how long, did, how many days did it take you 16. to climb Kilimanjaro? Oh, t- Kili was 10. 10. Yeah, 10 days, 16 it took us to climb. You know, then you have to add in your flights there mm-hmm. and a couple days of acclimation and then the return. So it can be, you know, a hefty trip, but it's important to de- detach for not just five days. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think it's really important for people to try to find these windows in their life where they can actually just go live life. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's not possible for everybody in certain, you know, times of their life where they're like, well, I got a nine to five job. I got to be there seven days a week and mm-hmm. I can't take three weeks off. You know, I'm not there yet. Yeah. You'll get there. Mm-hmm. And when you get there, think about that bucket list of things that you want to do. Yeah. I look forward to the day where I just like live out somewhere and like have a farm and just like walk around in nature all the time and just cook dinner and stuff. I'm really looking forward to that moment in my life. That's amazing. And you can start <laughs> to institute it a little bit right now. Like you know I do. I, mean? I go upstate often. Perfect. And you cook often. Mm-hmm. You know, do you take like Saturdays as your cooking day and you go to the market in the morning yes, and you get your I vegetables live, yes. and you chop them all day? That's I awesome. live really close to Union Square. So the farmer's market is on Saturday. So I'm almost always there like by 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. with all of like the early birds. <laughs> it's sort of an interesting crowd <laughs> but before 8 a.m. at the farmer's market <laughs> in New York City of all places. Um, but yeah, I went to culinary school a few years ago. Oh, interesting. Um, so I love to cook. Um, I'm interested in nutrition, not to the degree that you are to like actually go get your degree. Um, I did some nutrition classes in t- at Tufts, like a master's program, but mm-hmm. never finished it because mm-hmm. I got so busy. Yeah. Um, but it was really fascinating for me. So I'm definitely influenced um, by all of those things when it comes to food and just sort of like how I live my day to day life. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. We talk about farmers markets, mm-hmm. and you know what's quite frustrating to me now with the lens that I see things through is is that farmers markets are fringe. They're like fancy, like. Oh, I'm going to the farmer's market (laughs) and this processed, you know, crap, you know, GMO food is mainstream. Mm. So it's like fringe to go to the farmer's market (laughs) and yet yet, what's mainstream is, you know, chemically modified or processed food. And that's one of the biggest shifts that has to happen. Mm -hmm. And, And then when we make that shift and we start to make those choices and just go back to simple basics like reading the label... You know, a simple thing like turn it over and look what you're consuming or what you're rubbing on your skin, which is our largest organ and absorbs everything. Mm -hmm. When we start to make some of those changes that are, it's now classified as the better for you category, Mm -hmm. right? Those changes that are better for you, you then actually in effect help the earth. 
because when you start making better choices for yourself, you're actually making better choices for the earth. So plant-based proteins are a lot less of a carbon footprint than an animal protein. Mm. So I'm not saying give up steak. I'm just saying maybe give it up, you know, five days a week, Mm -hmm. maybe have it once a week or any type of animal protein and try a plant-based protein, which people don't even know that plants have proteins like pumpkin seeds are protein. Yeah. You know, chia seeds are protein. Mm -hmm. So, and a lot of people don't even know what a chia seed is, but you know, like pumpkin is, peas are a great source of protein Mm -hmm. and you can take two, two plant-based proteins and make a whole protein and you get your full amino acid, Mm. you know, but um, there's a structure of amino acids we need, but not to get too complicated, try to eat foods as close to nature as you can. That's Mm. the best thing. And know where your food comes from. If you start to make those two changes, you're not going to serve chicken when you're cooking that isn't farm-raised chicken, you just know better. Like you wouldn't serve that to people. A hundred percent. So do you think, I mean, I already sort of get a sense of how you feel about food, but like from a nutrition standpoint, do you have a hypothesis on how people should eat? Like, should it be low carb? Should it be like keto? Should it like, what should people be doing? Or is it really just very individual for like, what is right for your body? Well, I think it's, I definitely think it's individual and the, but I'm going to digress and say, I don't believe in diets at all. Hmm. I don't believe in diet theory whatsoever. I believe that they are only good to jumpstart a new idea for yourself. Mm. And so every day, like a diet, if you went on, you know, a high protein, like low carb diet, because you wanted to go on this weight loss journey. And I went on the same diet, we may have very different reactions to that diet, maybe very successful for you, maybe not for me. Mm -hmm. So you are, we are all bio individuals. So we all have genetic makeup that's unique to ourselves. And something that may work for you may not work for me. And something that may work for me right now may not work for me five years from now. So food is ever evolving and ever changing, just like our bodies are. So the number one hypothesis is, again, what I said, not hypotheses, <laughs> what, what I think about it yeah. is to eat, eat as close to nature as you can, you know, have lots of vegetables on your plate. You know, that's really important. You should have a smaller amount of protein than you do vegetables. We need carbohydrates. These people that are on like low, no carbohydrate diets, like your brain can't think, you yeah. know what I mean? You need carbohydrates for, you know, energy. So I diet this, diet that, non-fat, all that's chemically induced and engineered. Butter is actually really good for you. Mm-hmm. You know, real true dairy butter is a wonderful source of protein. So then how much are you going to use of it, right? That's what you have to look at. Mm-hmm. And every day is a new day. So if I make choices today, I wake up and I have a bagel with cream cheese and then I want to turkey BLT for lunch because I'm feeling it. And then I want chicken Parmesan at dinner that night. And I made all those choices and I was happy with those choices. And after I ate those choices, I felt good. Well, then I've made the right choice. But then the next day I'll say, all right, you had a great day and you felt really good. Your serotonin's kicking in and you feel good. (laughs) How are you going to fuel your body today? Mm Because if you fuel it the same way, that will turn into lethargy you know, you'll probably gain some weight and that's not going to feel good. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think what I believe is, is that you have to listen to your body and you also have to listen to your mind because at the end of the day, most of us know when we're doing the wrong thing. Of course. And so if you listen to that and you just balance that, and the other thing is people, they give up on themselves. They're like, well, I already ate the chicken parmesan, so I might as well have the cheesecake. 
That's not really true. Mm-hmm. Again, if you have the chicken parmesan and then you have the cheesecake and you're like, God, I'm so glad I ate that. I'm so glad I ordered that tonight. Then you made the right decision. Mm. What do you think about those tests that people are taking now? I don't know if they're like biomarker tests or I don't know the right word of them, but people are taking these tests that tell you like, oh, this is how you should exercise. Yes. This is how you should eat. Are those for real? They, you know, eating for your blood type is definitely real. But then again, these are all theories. But these, these tests, you know what I'm talking yes, about. Like, I what do. are they testing against? Is it just a blood type type? Is it just a blood type thing? You know, I don't know enough about it to speak about it sure. like that and I'm specifically. Generally, too. Yes, I'm like, you know, those tests. But generally that speaking, tell you this. yes, you can. You can look at your DNA. You can look at your blood types. You can look at your genetic makeup, and you can say these are the types of foods that are going to fuel you better. But Unless you really have an issue, yeah. then we don't need to get that deep. You know what I mean? And eating for your blood type, for example, is a theory. And the people that believe in that theory, they believe in it, you know, heaven or hell, they believe in it. Right. But the other guy who believes in juicing, mm-hmm. he believes in juicing, heaven or hell. Or veganism. Or, or veganism. Keto, or so whatever they're it is. all <laughs> theories. So they're theories and they have their proven, you know, kind of like statistic, but it's not it's not everybody. It doesn't what, work for everybody. What do you think about intermittent fasting? I believe in it. So you do. I do believe. I was in it. gonna. Th- I was. I was thought that you were gonna come back and say it's a theory. No. It's, <laughs> so why I believe in it is because it's one of the oldest. Uh, practiced uh, nutritional things, whatever you want to call it. So, um, and what is the point of intermittent fasting? Is it just to lose weight, or is it to rest your like, body? Oh, it's rest literally body. to rest your body. See, one one thing people don't recognize is it's okay to feel hungry sometimes. Mm. It's okay, you know, when we, we go back. So I always go back to the old philosophers like Socrates and Aristotle, and I look at like you know he was like you know um, the really like uh, you know the founder of medicine. Like he, he said, you know, health starts and ends in your gut. He was right. Yeah. So he knew that <laughs> years ago. And, you know, you look at Indian cultures or, you know, BC, people were intermittent fasting. It's been around for eons and decades. Mm. And so I think to let your body rest sometimes or jumpstart your body, you know, flush your body of toxins with lots of fluid for a day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, intermittent fasting, yes. You can eat Zip Zero, or you can have what works for you, and maybe it's just clear liquids and some greens, some roughage, mm. so that you know people are like no, no eating all day long. Oh my God, I would die. Then don't do it. But maybe what you do is you just modify it to work for you, and that's why again, yes, it's a theory. Mm-hmm. So how do you massage that theory or try that theory and figure out what works for you and what didn't? So. When I used to diet all the time after I had my kids, I, I was heavy. I mean, I gained 30, I actually gained 65 pounds with my kids, both of them, 64 and 65 pounds. That's a lot of weight. Yeah. But when I after they came out, I only had about 30 pounds of weight loss. That's still a lot, That's of, a weight lot of weight to weight. lose. Yeah. And I, I thought I knew everything about, you know, weight loss. I didn't know, I didn't know Jack. So what I did is I started trying every diet. Mm-hmm. And what I went, realized when I went back to school is I was taking, without even recognizing it, well, this part of that diet worked for me, but the rest didn't. And this part of that diet and this part worked for me and the rest really didn't. And so I started to create my own food structure by taking pieces of those theories, 
that worked for me and leaving the rest behind. Mm. And that's what was working for me. Once I became really educated in it, I don't even really think about what I eat or how I eat anymore. I just know when I have gone off the deep end a little bit. But do you think that's because you've been eating healthier and a healthy pattern for your body for so long that that's why you don't even think about it anymore? It's just second nature to you now? 100%. You're like, I'm choosing the, I'm, you know, like I'm choosing the healthy foods because it's just like part of who you are at yeah, this point. Yeah, 100%. And I know how to open a menu. I can find, I can find something to eat anywhere I am in the country. Right. And I know I'm making a healthy choice and I'll make the healthy choice. And I also know when I'm making an unhealthy choice, but it's not going to kill me or hurt me because, you know, in the 365 days a year, I do that like once or twice that I don't know where the chicken comes from, but I'm just going to eat the chicken. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, Like that's not going to kill you. But when you're having that be the mainstream of your diet, when you don't know where your food, you're having hormone induced or antibiotics, it's going to affect you. Mm -hmm. And so that's what it's all about. A little bit of anything is not going to hurt you. It's when you're really, gluten is a perfect example. Why do we have all these gluten allergies all of a sudden? Because they use gluten as fillers. So Mm -hmm. foods that don't naturally have gluten in them were having gluten all of a sudden because they were filling the food with gluten. So all of a sudden these, these allergies started to develop because people were inundated with gluten in products that they didn't know normally had it. Sure. So, you know, that's kind of an example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sugar is another really good example. What you know, do you we, think about sugar? Well, sugar... to me, I try to avoid sugar. It's sweet poison, and we should all try right. to avoid sugar. Now, naturally occurring sugar, mm-hmm. like in fruit and vegetables... Is fine. Is fine. But if all you did is eat fruits all day long, you would probably get too much sugar in your body, yeah, right? Course. Yeah, So what I want to tell people to stay away from is processed sugar. And it's hidden in everything. Like, you wouldn't think that a piece of bread has sugar in it, but if you read the label... It may. It most of the time does, unless you're getting it from the baker. Bread should have like five ingredients in it. Mm -hmm. But if you turn over a loaf of Wonder Bread or any of the other stuff that most most grocery stores only carry you're going to find that your bread is full of preservatives, full of genetically modified organisms, and full of sugar. Even milk is full of sugar. Even milk. Milk that you, like, feed your babies you think is organic whole milk is, like, full of sugar. Yeah, so you have to look at the ingredients and make sure it's organic, you know, farm-raised, no additives, milk. And then also you can look at, you know, nut milk. So sometimes dairy, people don't recognize that, you know, dairy is not good for them. What happens just because for me, I like I, I eat dairy and I, I have it once in a while, but I, I took it out of my diet a lot because I was having allergies. Mm-hmm. And when I got rid of dairy, my allergies went away. So most of these things are from inflammation. You yeah. know that. And viewers, you got to know that. That sugar causes severe inflammation in your body, and that leads to all kinds of issues like, you know, right up to Alzheimer's disease, okay? So chronic, most of the chronic diseases that we have today are totally preventable. And they're because of how we're feeding ourselves with processed, sugary foods, and our bodies are like, woo, 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 we're gonna about to name a type three diabetes. So diabetes is a part of inflammation. Alzheimer's disease, they've traced back to inflammation. Lethargy, eczema. All kinds of things. All kinds of things. So would, how would you go about guiding somebody that wants to make changes in their diet, not necessarily to lose weight, but to improve their overall health, mm-hmm. right? They like suspect that they have some issues with food, whether it's like gluten or dairy or whatever. How would you go about addressing that? Like okay. what's the first step? 
or the first three steps? Yes, yeah, this is the best. So the the first thing you do is you start in your own kitchen. Mm. Open your cupboards and have a reality check with yourself and look at the food that's in there. Turn it around. See how much sugar you're consuming and think about how you're consuming these foods. And then you want to think about that also at restaurants. Mm-hmm. You know, Think about really how you're fueling your body. So that's number one. And anything that has more than, you know, I really say five, but I'm going to say eight grams of sugar in it, toss it. Even eight grams of sugar is a lot. That's why I like to say five. But, you know, there's also like if you, like, for example, like a a kid's cereal, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) nightmare. Nightmare. And (laughs) not good, right? But there's sugar, there's cereals that have like, you know, 16, 18, 27 grams of sugar. And then there's some kid's cereals like, you know, a honeycomb versus like a Captain Crunch or something like that. Honeycomb has like eight grams of sugar. Yeah. So I want you to start to make adjustments that are sustainable. Mm -hmm. So if you, you can't take a kid off a Captain Crunch and put them on like, nature made like oat biscuits, you know what I mean? So it's kind of finding your path to your new journey and getting there in a way that you're not going to consistently fail yourself Mm -hmm. and feel like crap because of that. Like, oh, I'm such a loser. I can't do it. So step one is sugar. Figure out what has all the sugar in it. Well, look at what is in your cabinets Uh and see how much sugar it contains, what the ingredient list is. If it has more than five ingredients in it, toss it. You know, if it has ingredients that you can't pronounce, understand, toss it. If it doesn't have something in it, then now I'm going to say your great grandmother would have known what it is. Toss it. Mm. Those are the those are the first steps that you actually realize because a lot of times people think they're doing the right thing. They're like, well, I have diet salad dressing and I'm, you know, having a chicken blah blah blah. Yeah. It's like you know, and you're like, no, 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 no. So it's all marketing. Yeah, barbecue chicken <laughs> isn't good because barbecue sauce is full of sugar. sugar. So, and also most of the time it's full of high fructose corn syrup. Yeah. So anything that has high fructose corn syrup in it, bag it, throw it in the trash. Okay. So that's the first place to start. Really look at what you're eating. Mm-hmm. Number one. Number two is start to flush your body with water. If you want to make change, you you have to really start to make your body feel better because anything that makes you feel better, you're going to keep up, mm-hmm. right? If you're on a diet and you're losing all the weight, you're like, I'm going to keep up the diet because it's motivational. But then what happens is you plateau and then you get disappointed and then you feel like crap and then you get lost and you're like, well, now what do I do? Because the diet doesn't work and you fall back into old, old habits. So what we want to do is we want to build new habits. Mm-hmm. We want to, what I call is instead of saying no to something that you want, you crowd out bad choices with better choices. Mm. So look at the ingredients and try, Google the dirty dozen. That's the next thing I want people to do. Look at the foods that you're purchasing, and the Dirty Dozen will tell you. There's the Dirty Dozen, then there's the Clean 15. It'll tell you the fruits and veggies when you're buying them, the ones that really have the most, the highest level of pesticides because they absorb at the root level, like a like a strawberry, for example, yeah. or spinach. Mm-hmm. If you're going to eat those two things, don't eat them unless they're organic or you're just flooding your body with pesticides. Romaine lettuce, you can buy it non-organic. For some reason, it doesn't retain the pesticide like spinach does. Do you think it's less porous? I wonder why that is. I, you know, I don't know. That will be maybe the next phase, like the the, the why. But right yeah. now, just to get through, like these are definitely proven facts, yeah. like blueberries. They're so antioxidant and they're so high in beautiful, beautiful antioxidants for us. But yet when people are eating non-organic blueberries, they're eating poison. Chemicals. Yeah, yeah. chemicals. Mm-hmm. You know, Roundup. Yeah. 
<laughs> so don't eat the blueberry, you know. So then what do you think about uh, going through a journey of like testing uh, an elimination diet to see if you have some kind of issue? Or do you really think that for most people, if they just get rid of most of the crap in their kitchen, clean up their diets, try to avoid sugar and eat things that are organic or clean, do you think that is like 90% of 90, what's going to solve it for people? 90%. And uh, 90%. So Really? Yeah, I believe that. Now, mm. the only reason I would ever do an el- elimination diet on someone is if they were having some symptoms of something. Sure. You know, like they had breakouts, eczema, their skin was really broken out, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Or, you know, they were really low, low energy. So the first thing I would do is, even before an elimination diet, is I would go through their cupboards and cabinets and I would get them on apple cider vinegar, Mm -hmm. you know, get them on a probiotic, you know, Greek yogurt, you check their gut health, balance their microbiome, balance Mm -hmm. their, you know, probiotics in their gut. Heal that gut lining. Yeah, because it really... Health starts and ends in your gut. And it does. What we didn't know back then um, that we know now is is that it's the core. Your gut is really the core to your whole engine. I mean, that's the engine of your body. And mm-hmm. if those pistons aren't working and firing properly, you're not your and your car's not going to drive like at its optimal. So. When we clean the gut and we balance the gut with probiotics, and people don't understand really what that means. So I made an apple cider vinegar in my, I have a food company called Beyond Fresh, because I was telling people, eat apple cider vinegar, take a, take a teaspoon a day. And they were like, I can't sustain it. Like, I just can't handle it. Like, I can't drink oh, I it. I think it's delicious. So, well, so, but you're, you've been healthy for, like, you <laughs> you crazy. have a wellness <laughs> podcast. You you are walking the walk. You're living this journey. And you're palate- I step in. I'm like, oh, geez, like, Kombucha, but better. I've seen. I love kombucha. That's another great probiotic to drink. Most people that there's a lot of sugar in kombucha. In some of them, yeah. You can look at other ones. You know what I mean? But Mm -hmm. like, if you're balancing your sugar, you know, if we keep talking about well, everything has this and everything has that, right? You just have to think about the moderation of it. If you're drinking one kombucha a day, the benefits of that far outweigh any sugar content that's Mm -hmm. in it. Unless you then have like a box of Twinkies afterwards, like we're not doing anything good here. Uh uh So if you're making crowding out good choices, um, uh, crowding out bad choices with better choices, you're going to start feeling better and you're going to see, you know, change. So Mm -hmm. gut health, know what you're eating, know where your food comes from. You know, portion control is one of the biggest issues that I see with most people. Like they really don't, you know, they think that we need to eat more than we need to eat. That goes back to kind of like being hungry a little bit sometimes. Mm -hmm. When you're eating your meal, first of all, chew your food. We are sucking down our food. I was the biggest, biggest, um, that was me. I swallowed my food hoed. I, I was like barely ever sat down to eat. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was running my company and like, you know, doing the housewives, I was like shoving food in my mouth. And oftentimes I wouldn't eat. You know, that that type of intermittent, that's not really fasting. That's right. just not like, eating. Th- yeah, like because I go to work most days and I'm so busy to get out of the house in the morning. The, most days I'm not eating until like one o'clock. And in my mind, I'm like, am I intermittent fasting or am I just not eating? I don't know. Yeah. Intermittent fasting is really like one day a week. Uh, you know what I mean? Okay. Or like a two-day cleanse where you do, you know, like roughage mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's like specific and It's planned. specific. When you're not eating all day long, mm-hmm. I, you know, we all know breakfast is the most important meal, right? I don't want to be like that nerdy geek, but yeah. it's the truth. And so I also had that problem. So my doctor, who's an integrative health doctor, said to me, 
we're going to make your coffee your breakfast. Mm. And this is really where keto coffee came from, or the keto, you know, bullet coffee. Yeah, People sure. have heard of that. So it's actually a meal. It's about, I have a keto coffee. I call it keto coffee, but it's really just a bullet coffee sure. is what most people know it as. But it really, for me, it's beyond fresh. You make your coffee your, your meal. So there's grass-fed butter in it. For, that's healthy protein, healthy fat, mm-hmm. coconut oil in it. Again, healthy protein, healthy fat, and pink Himalayan sea salt, which has got a lot of trace minerals that are great for your body. Then you get coffee, which is antioxidant. It has to be organic. Shade-grown coffee is really important. Coffee grows in the shade. I don't know if people know that, but coffee growers that are growing coffee in the sun is killing the planet. It's really major, major carbon footprint. Mm -hmm. So try to buy shade-grown organic coffee because if not, you're getting pesticides. But what you're getting then is you're getting the boost from caffeine and the antioxidant value of caffeine that you need in the morning. You're getting protein from the butter, okay? You're getting trace minerals from the pink Himalayan sea salt. And the butter actually creams your coffee for you so you don't have to add milk. You're getting the benefits of the coconut oil and you mix it in the blender and you have now a delicious coffee breakfast. Mm. So that's what I did. I was doing that years before Bullet Coffee came out because my integrative doctor said to me, this is what we're going to do. And so that's how I was eating my breakfast. That's smart. I don't drink that much coffee. So it's like, I think I just need to revert back to like shoving some blueberries in my mouth. Or (laughs) almonds and cheese. (laughs) So like I, I love, I I do love coffee. And one of the things I like these certain mixtures, like Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, I like to have coffee with nuts and cheese. They mix really well for me. I like what they taste like. And that's oftentimes a breakfast for me. Mm -hmm. Handful of almonds, handful of some chunks of Swiss cheese and my black coffee, because that's how I drink it. And And that's 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 my breakfast, and it's a real, it's a high protein, delicious. and it's so yummy. I want that. You know, another <laughs> breakfast that's really good for probiotic is mm-hmm. Greek yogurt, plain Greek yogurt mm-hmm. with organic blueberries or organic strawberries or organic raspberries or right. some type of fruit that you want. Or you can even sweeten it with just a little bit of raw honey, mm-hmm. which is really also it's it's got a high immune yeah. booster. It's I like a, that breakfast. Yes. I put sunflower seeds on top. That's too. another wonderful thing. So yeah. Greek yogurt, but don't get it with all the sugar added to it. Get plain, and then you add your own sugar, like cacao, a little co- you know cacao mm-hmm. powder, which is high antioxidant. It's a superfood. You put a little berries in there. You can put a little granola. You can even throw a little peanut butter in it and mix it up if you want. And you're getting protein and probiotic mm-hmm. from you know the peanut butter and yeah. the uh, I yogurt. I actually don't put honey in it. I'm d- I'm just like sweets averse though. I don't like cake. I don't like cookies. Yes. I think it's because sugar, honestly, the the moment it passes my lips, it makes me feel sick to my stomach ever since I was a kid. So Mm -hmm. I'm just like sort of sugar versus sweet as I ever want to go is like a strawberry or like a raspberry. And that's perfect. Yeah. I never liked cakes and and sweets either. I really didn't. I I remember when I was a kid, my mother would want to bake me a birthday cake and I'd be like, bake me a birthday pie. I like pie. You know what I mean? So I always liked fruit and the sweet from fruit, but I didn't really like sugary cakes and that sort of thing. I, I like you, just didn't, they didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a really good sign to listen to your body. So, right. you know, some people eat it because even though their body tells them not to, they're like, I'm going to eat it because it's in front of me. And it's like delicious. Yeah, whatever. listen yeah. to your body because your body really will most of the time tell you when things aren't good. Mm-hmm. Or if you eat something and you wake up the next morning and you can't go to the bathroom or you go to the bathroom too much. Like, these are signs, you know, yeah. is your urine clear? You know what I mean? If it's not, you're not drinking enough water. I mean, we have all these telltale signs, you know what I mean? Like that we miss every day. 
Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you're, not to be gross, if you're in smells, you're not drinking enough water. You're not hydrated enough. Yeah. So those that th- those are toxins and that are trapped now in your body because you're not flushing them out. So those little things are important. Everybody, food should come in and food should go out. <laughs> if that's not happening every day, we got to talk about it. And the no first problem. place to start with that, just for every viewer, is probiotics. Start to get your gut in check. Take apple cider vinegar. You know anything that's fermented, pickles, sauerkraut. Kombucha, those are fermented products, and they're really, they're full of pre and probiotics, which help balance your gut. My favorite is kimchi. Yes, kimchi's another one. Springbone Kitchen makes the most delicious eggs, and they put kimchi on top of the eggs, which sounds weird, and some of the people in my Yum. office think it's gross, but oh my God, it is the most delicious thing. I would eat that up. Now, you guys, you so know, good. do you know why the fermented thing, what ha- I think what happened, this is my own theory, look at how we used to eat back in the day. Right when winter started to come, everything was fermented. You had to like can your food and like get ready for the hunk to hunker down for the season. And they weren't eating. You know, we can get a blueberry any. We live in New York City. We can get anything we want 365 days a year. Even wild blueberries. Even wild organic. 365 days a year. You know, when I work, um, you know, on Shop HQ and I go out to Minnesota. I, I can't find a vegetable to save my life. So what, like when you're there, what do you do? Because not everybody has access to all of this amazing bounty, right? It's and true. like we live really ho- close to the Hudson Valley. So there is always amazing local food in mm-hmm. New York City. Yep. No matter what, you can always get something healthy, no matter the season, no matter the store. So That's like right. if you do live somewhere where you don't have as much access, like what do you do? Supplement it. So that's why I started Beyond Fresh, my food brand. Yeah. It's all organic, superfood, fruits and powder super greens, plant-based proteins, Mm. so that if you can't get it, you can supplement it. Mm. And so that's really important. And find in your areas, no matter where it is around the country, find your local farm-to-table restaurants and try to support those because we're supposed to eat in season. You know, your body's actually conditioned to do that. So, you know, when you're supposed to even eat animals in season most people don't know that animals like have a season yeah like the hunting seasons and all that kind of stuff like when they're making their babies and you know what I mean that's when you're not supposed to shoot them and then when they're done you know it's like this is it's true it's deer season right now yes exactly and there's a cycle of that Mm -hmm. and so I think that that maybe will change. Maybe our DNA will change as we evolve as sure. human from, you know, as homo sapiens do. <laughs> but I think that if you try to understand that seasonal eating is important mm-hmm. and that, you know, if you can't um, get fruits and vegetables, I mean, like literally w- only one out of 10 Americans is getting the proper allowance of fruits and vegetables. I mean, it's like one of those stupid statistics, but if you really think about it that way. It's true. And I know and that. And it's even me some days, right? Me too. I mean, listen. <laughs> it's all of us. At some six, point. six to seven servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Do you know what that looks like? It's a lot of food. Okay, I can't, I don't eat that every day. Me neither. I, I just, I know I don't. So I supplement it. You mm. know what I mean? I will supplement and I don't supplement it every day either. Mm-hmm. But I know, I think to myself, geez, you didn't really have any salad that this week. You know what I mean? You were on the go and you were here. I'm, I definitely, and then I'll crave it. Like I need a big plate of leafy greens, yeah. you know? And if I don't get it or if I'm on the go, then I'll have a shot of spirulina. I'll get chlorella. You know, sea greens are super, super nutrient. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like those types of sea greens are like superfoods. Like I think spirulina was named in 1977 as the food of the future. 
Mm. Well, the future's here. So getting the, those high-nutrient plants, those leafy greens, you know, are really important. And that doesn't mean iceberg lettuce. What do you think about food that is – I mean, there's so many new food companies that have come out um, – that are using like cassava flour and all this stuff. And they basically are creating sort of like snack foods that are for people that have gluten intolerance or like Mm -hmm. whatever. Are those things like just as bad for us as the Cheetos or is it really, do you really have to like just look at the label and be like what is actually in this Look at the label. So really genetically modified food is meant to trick your brain. Okay, so those one-liners like once you pop, you can't stop, or no one can eat just one, it's real. So they shut off your brain sensors. That's right. (laughs) That's because they they literally are shutting off your brain sensors. When you feel full, they stop you from feeling that. So you constantly overeat that type of food, and then you crave it again because you get serotonin increases from that sort of thing. So Mm -hmm. you can also get it from dark chocolate. Try to eat a whole bag of dark chocolate. You can't. Have you ever heard of somebody overdosing on blueberries? You don't. Like, oh, God, I ate my 17th pint of blueberries. I can't have another one. Think about the way you eat food and what you're overeating. Most of it is processed. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Really, truly. So when you look at that, so... Stay away from, you know, they always say shop the perimeter of the grocery store because that's where the fresh fruits and veggies. Stay away from things that come in a bag. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. You know, those are the things that you want to stay away from. And, and But, it, like, Joy Bauer, my friend Joy Bauer from, you know, the Today Show, she's a nutritionist. And she has um, superfoods that are snack foods that are really healthy. Mm-hmm. So she, you, you do open Joy's out of a bag, but... I know when you turn over the ingredients, there's going to be four or five ingredients in there. Sure. So, so you do think that there are new innovative food yeah, companies that have created it's things It's the that underbelly okay. of the movement. It's yeah. really the raging against the machine. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but some of the um, big pharmaceutical companies raged against all these organic oil companies. Like, you know, people are saying these oil essences are really good for you and they're going to treat, you know, some of your illnesses. And they tried to rage against them because they want them to take the opioids. They want them to take the bad stuff. So there is a surgence of people who really care about the earth and they really care about, and a lot of it has come from a family member or themselves that have gone through an illness. Yeah. And when they changed how they were eating, it changed their lives. Like kombucha, the first kombucha, if you ever read the um, Synergy kombucha, that guy's story, his mother had cancer. So a lot of these um, people that are raging up against big food, big pharma, they really are, you know, our heroes, our like silent warriors. And now we have to help make the choices with our dollars, Mm -hmm. you know, going to the farmer's market, supporting your local farmer. Those things are important. So look at these new food companies that are organic, that are natural, that are saying non-GMO, gluten-free, dairy-free, you know, all that stuff. Like those are important and you can look at those and start to make choices. Hopefully we'll shift into healthier natural foods that are available to us for convenience. Mm -hmm. When did you start your um, food business? About two years ago. Cool. Yeah. 
So do you sell it online? So I sell it it exclusively right now at Shop HQ, which is Uh one of the shopping channels. Um, You can find it in your viewer. Sure. Or you can go to heatherthompson.com, and it'll take you to the website. Mm -hmm. So we're going to start to open it up this year. But it was important. What kind of products do you make? So it's a bunch of plant-based proteins Mm -hmm. is like the foundation. And uh, super greens, native reds. Mm -hmm. So um, high antioxidant fruit blends, um, chlorophyll-rich greens, Mm -hmm. uh, plant-based proteins that make up your whole amino acid um, Mm -hmm. foundation. So I use like five or six different plant proteins to make up these whole proteins. So they're very low in calorie, really easy to digest, unlike a lot of animal proteins. They don't Mm -hmm. eat away at your stomach lining like a whey protein does. Mm -hmm. So they're whole proteins, easy to digest, delicious, but they're very low in calorie. So you can have, and you get a lot of vitamins and minerals in them. So if you have two shakes, you're already like more than halfway there through your recommended daily, you know, dosage of fruits, vegetables, and vitamins and minerals. Mm. So that's what they are beyond fresh. And um, there's also boosters like, a, you know, immuno booster. There's a probiotic booster. There's even a, um, a, you know, a sex booster when you're feeling your libido is feeling low. Like, you know, I know that you're coming out with something for menopause soon. So there are things that you can do with pl- with um, things that nature provides mm-hmm. to make you feel better. Right. What is your single source of truth? Oh, my goodness. I don't think there is one anymore. I would mm-hmm. say my own gut usually, like what I feel. And, but you're talking about like who do I listen to? Yeah. So, but I think that your own gut is a really good answer yeah. because it is personal and individual. I just think we live in this weird time where there's so much – there's like too much access to information and a lot of it is bad information. And so people are constantly mm-hmm. seeking out this single source of truth. You yes. know what I mean? And we're like not, going down weird roads. Yeah. We're not given facts anymore. We're given opinions. I mean that's yes. clear and evident in almost every walk of life now. 100%. And you know any place that you know we get outlets. I mean I'm sitting here just being a bunch of my opinions but they're fact-based and I can come back with literature and I can tell mm-hmm. you where I knew that and what the science is behind it, you know, and I can, I can do that. But we do hear a lot of propaganda and we do hear a lot of opinion. So I think the most important thing to do is if you're interested in a topic and you're, you don't feel like you can make your own decision about it or you're not well enough informed, do the research. Yeah. Do a little bit of the research and then make your own opinion and form your own opinion because that's so important. There's always going to be right and there's always going to be left, but most of us live somewhere in the center. Mm-hmm. And so if we could stop getting opinion and getting more fact like we used to, we form our own opinions. You know what I mean? That's why I'm an independent. I'm registered as an independent voter because I want to make the best choice for the best candidate. I'm not going to be partisan. I want to have flexibility in my vote and my choice. Mm -hmm. And that's the same way I feel about my food. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, if you want to eat a bag of Doritos, more power too. If you're happy and it makes your life full, you should have that choice. They are delicious. It's, I, I think they taste disgusting. I can't even I eat love a Dorito. A Dorito. Oh, oh my God. They're horrible. I, and, you know, my palate changed where I, I used to like them. I yeah. mean, when was the last time you really ate one? Okay. I, I don't know. Yeah. So try <laughs> but... it now and you probably won't like it anymore. 
Because your palate does change when you yes. start making healthier choices. It you does. taste literally the oil and the nastiness in it. In my so, mind, a Dorito. Is yes, delicious. in your mind, exactly. In but, my mind, but put it in your mouth, <laughs> and you better call me when you do because I want to know your answer. You're right, Heather. Gross. <laughs> um, okay, I have a couple more questions for you. Um, on every episode, I want to know what people's secret wellness ritual is, and it can be anything. Mm-hmm. I always give the example of like. And I think you said it, you know, like if you want to like have the chicken parm and it makes you feel good, then like, great, do whatever you want. So what is your secret wellness ritual? It's definitely getting outside. Mm. If I'm not feeling well, I go outside. If I'm feeling depressed, even if I I live in Manhattan, Mm -hmm. I wish I, you know, lived in the mountains every day. But then again, I live in my own Gotham (laughs) mountains of, you know, concrete. And I really get a lot of energy and fulfillment from being in New York City. Um, And so I... I, I get outside. And you know what? It's hard to do sometimes when you're not feeling well. You're like, I don't feel like it. Or the weather's not nice and it's cold. But I guarantee you, I challenge, I challenge one, anybody out there listening, when you motivate yourself and you actually do it and you get outside, you will always feel better. Mm-hmm. You come back inside, even if you're having a bad day at work, like leave the desk and go walk around the block, go get yourself, you know, something healthy. You know what I mean? Even if it's a newspaper and you want to just, because I haven't had the newspaper and I have no time. Yeah. Get outside and take some time for yourself. You're going to feel good that you took a brisk walk. You're going to feel good that you took more than a brisk walk, that you spent some time out there. And you're going to feel amazing from breathing in. Even the congested air here in New York City, you know, is a lot different than the air that I breathe in the Berkshires. But, you know, the Japanese call it forest bathing. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of that? I have, yeah. So when you're in the true woods in the forest, the oxygenation of the air is very different and it really energizes you. So the same with Manhattan. Thank God I live on a peninsula and I can get to water. Mm-hmm. So, and I live close to the water and I live close to Central Park. So I can get my fix from nature right here in New York City. So that's my ritual. I love Get that. outside. Um, what is the one thing that you do now that you wish that you had learned earlier that really helps you? Oh my gosh, for sure, using food as fuel. So not using food as medicine. Yeah. Really understanding that what I put in my mouth would really affect how I felt and could affect it on many levels. It can make me feel bad or it can make me feel better. So, for example, people who, like, are feeling depressed or tired or things like that could have a protein deficiency. You know what I mean? They maybe just have had a busy week and they, you know, throw back a couple hard-boiled eggs and they can be feeling a lot better in just a minute. Mm -hmm. So I think really understanding food as fuel and understanding uh, food as medicine much, much earlier than I did would have been a huge benefit to me. And even my young children, which now, you know, they have so much more knowledge than I ever did. And they know, and I still allow them to make choices. I don't, I don't like, you know, chain my kids away from, you know, anything processed, but Mm -hmm. I say to them, is that really the choice you want to make today? You know, that's what I'll say. And if they say yes, I'll say, okay, well, let's try to make a better choice tomorrow. And they're like, okay, and they do. Mm-hmm. You know, Jax will be like, sometimes I'll, I'll even like be at a friend's house and I'll be like, this is what they have. And I'll put, he's like, I'm not eating that processed crap. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, great. Let's not eat it then. Let's okay. run out to the market and get what you want. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he's making his own decisions now. Mm-hmm. That's it. I love that. Where can our listeners find you? Oh, okay. So heatherthompson.com is mm-hmm. my website and usually shows everything that I've got going on and the things that I'm excited about. And then my um, social media is at I am Heather T. I am Heather T. Cool. 
Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having this show because you know. Thanks for being my health coach. I love. I love it. <laughs> I Where we, it. we we uh, got over a hurdle for you. We broke yeah. down a barrier. I love that. Way to go, low. Cool. Thanks, Heather. Bye. Bye.